What episode is this? 146. 146. Mm-hmm. What do we do for 150? That's pretty awesome. It's coming up four weeks, right? Yeah, that's a good question. I'll have to think about that. So my special guest today is Burke Kreischer. We talk about parenting. We talk about PTSD. Again, I know we've talked about that before, but we talk about it again. We talk about going back to therapy. We talk about the cabin. We talk about his parents coming on his tour bus to stay for a while in this world of COVID. That's how we're getting them safely cross country. So I thought it was a fun conversation. Uh, Bert talks a lot, but that should not be a shocker. (laughs) He likes to talk. But I was glad to have him on the podcast again. I wanted to talk about The Cabin. I'm really proud of him for that show. Um, He worked really hard on that show, as did everybody at Rotten Science and everybody at Netflix and Levity. And yeah, it was was a really labor of love and it turned out so great. So I wanted to talk to him about it a little bit. So thanks for coming back. Thanks for watching my podcast. Um, Don't forget to check out my links to great things, a book for Brooks, uh, the link for Brooks book. The last bookstore is there. Lots of links to lots of good things are there. So check it out. I know Tanya is releasing some uh, or not Tanya, but Beauty Counter is releasing some new products. So the link for Tanya's site is still up there. Don't forget the resilience based parenting with the McDermott method. The link is also there and the link to great things. So, yeah, check it out. Thanks for coming back every week and we'll see you next week. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. I roller skated to your door at daylight. It almost seems like you're Hey guys, brand new podcast. Oh, shut up. Uh, I miss this. <laughs> I miss this I'm, so much. I, I, this is wobbly. Oh, you and fucking Whitney. Whitney spent the whole episode going, how can that, how can you, here, it's fold this we up. been in here forever. This is, hey big boy. Oh, this is the sit tight people. Hey, thank you, Kyle, over at sit tight. That's that chair right there. Uh-huh. Um, Kyle, I want you to know that this, um, this, Kyle makes a great chair. Give a little shout out on his podcast a great chair that uh, works your core while you use it so it's actually really comfortable it's actually really comfortable and i'm having problems with my legs he knows that so he sent me the chair thank you very much kyle um there we go there lift it up on that side there we go that's that's you gotta fold it one more time thank you once again kyle for using great paper to send me a note with there you go woman Ah, oh. oh, feels better, but now you're kicked back sideways like a Much pimp. Much better. Oh, you know, I'm pretty pimp-like. So what do you have planned for this podcast with the the uh, machine? Do you the want to machine? tell the machine story? No, I'll pass on that. I've heard it once or well, twice. I was 22 years old. No, no. I used to think Anne Frank and Helen Keller were the same person. You No. Did I tell you about I've, the time I fought a bear? Uh, I've heard all these before. Fought a lion. Tamed a lion. Tamed a lion. Never told Tamed a lion. Boy, boy, you may need Washed to start dating a new girl. 
No. You ain't got to have any new material. <laughs> Let's talk about my lack of good parenting. Oh, is that what you wanted to talk about? I think that's a good place to jump off with. Well, I wasn't going to bring it up, but since okay. you have. Oh, you. It's not bad parenting. It's not bad parenting at all. It's just that you sometimes let your emotions get the best of you. How about this? Mm-hmm. May, is it possible? And by the way, I, I understand everything I, I'm going to say is a conversation with my wife that we're putting out everywhere. So if I say something super egregious, please allow me the leniency to say, this is a podcast. And remember what podcasts were when we started. They weren't, not everything was, you know, a political. Polished. Yeah, yeah, polished the yeah. way it is now. So this is just a regular podcast. And a regular conversation. Is it possible that the bad relationships I've had with women are now rearing their heads with me and my daughters? One hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think so. I think all past relationships filter into all current relationships in some way, shape, or form. Now, an exception to that would be when you have kind of overcome a certain piece in your life and you found a brand new relationship that has nothing relative to the past. Like, I can't really find any funky stuff with my girlfriends, like with Sandy or Kathy, or I don't have any, I don't have any funky stuff there. But yeah, but you are, you are, you are a prison guard with a prison guard. <laughs> like, you don't put up with anything you your last bad relationship you got out of and you went and that will never happen again and you decide that if you sniff crazy out you shut it down <laughs> well that's not entirely true if you but it's mostly true niff crazy out well it's just even when crazy true. sometimes shows up and it's not even crazy you'll deem it as crazy and go done me dead to me dead to me i'm not dead to me but i just don't i just stay very much at arm's length yes that's right. Yeah. There's only a few people really inside my heart, I think. You have, how many people are inside your heart, do you think? Let's let's put a number of people you love. Less Ready? than that on your hand. No. Less than five. You think? Oh, you mean friends or you mean in total in uh, people in let's general? This is a fun game. Everyone, let's play along with me. You put <laughs> set up the rules. I love games. I love games. Set up, I'll set up the rules. <clears throat> uh, how many people... Would you give your life for? Would I give my life for? Oh, yeah. a lot. Oh, I have like two. No, I have more than that. George and Isla, that's it. Not me? No. Oh, thanks, babe. No, I mean, like if there's a wolf in our living room, I'm going to go, Leanne, you distract the wolf while I get the girls out of here. Oh, is that right? That means, no, that means you're sacrificing me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not sacrificing yourself. You're sacrificing me. That explains so much. Hey, I heard a noise. Why don't you get up and check it? That's the exact same scenario. Listen, I'm making a good living for us, and we don't want to jeopardize that with your oh, you being okay, the only okay. one alive. Yeah, but you have twice the life insurance I do. Yeah, but I can, so make, if you that, were dead, I can make that so much quicker in a year. Listen, here's the deal. <laughs> okay, let's go back to how many people you have in your heart. Where they're like like push calls them ride or dies, or maybe I don't know if I don't I know what the term ride or die is. I don't know. I know Tom and Push use that term a lot. Yeah. Like how many like like I'm gonna say the people that are in my heart that I go forever forever are you including family 
Let's not. Let's not. Yeah, because that's too complicated. Because yeah, of course, my dad is in yeah, my yeah. heart forever, <laughs> and my aunt Carol. I mean, my cousins. I mean, I have, there's you a give lot your life of for your dad, or you just go, "Hey, you've lived a good life." It's my turn. No, I would totally give my life for my dad. Mm. If there was a wolf, I would throw myself in front of the wolf for my dad because I'd believe that because just simply for my age, I would survive. I would look at my dad dead serious and go, "You have a bad hip and a bad knee. You're <laughs> not going to make it away, even if I distract the fuck out of the wolf. Do the right thing." Do and what right do you thing. think his response would be? Buddy. Buddy. <laughs> buddy. <laughs> Can you buddy. get me a Bill Burr clip? <laughs> I have to tell this a little sidebar. I'm texting with Bill. They're, they're, they want this. I, my, my dad and Uncle Jerry are big Bill Burr fans, and they just discovered Bill Burr, probably through Saturday Night Live. And they're now texting Bill Burr jokes back and forth to each other. Mm-hmm. And they both don't trust the banks also. Mm-hmm. And so there is this huge common ground between Bill. And so they're like, oh, it's the one of him going in the pandemic. And the, the, the well, you know, we're like, he doesn't trust the bank and the pandemic. And I'm like, I don't know. So I just texted Bill. He's like, I have no idea what the fuck they're talking oh, about. Oh, how funny. Um, I have a question for you. Where the hell did you get this hat? And who told you sitting it up on your head like that was a good plan? Is this better? The River Monsters. The Vermont River Monsters. You know, it's not even that cold here. I was just on a jog, Leanne. My goal is to run 10 miles every day this week. That's really a crazy. Ran 10 last night. I know, but... Glass of wine for the last two. Did you really run 10? That was pretty fast 10 miles. Uh, no, you can see that it was not fast at all. It was not... I was throughout the day. Oh. Yeah, I do it throughout the day. I don't try to do it oh, all Oh, I once. thought you meant when you came in here last night at, for that short period of time no. while I was cooking dinner. That, that no, that was, was five in, miles. No, that was six okay. miles. That was six miles. That's still day. pretty fast. Yeah. Um, in your heart. Yeah. Okay, not your family withstanding. Yeah. Who's in your heart? I'm not going to say who. Count them. I can count them, though. Before we start, who do you think has more people in their heart, me or you? You. You think? Yeah. Okay. I think you have people in your heart from long time ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. I don't. I don't. You don't have anyone from a long time no, ago? No, I do. You got, I know one. Yes. Is it who I'm thinking of? I don't know. Starts with an S? No. Who's that? Who's that you were thinking of? You're thinking of Rumbly. No. Think, no, like, but she you know, but she would be in my heart. But okay. She's not from a long time ago. All right, let's do it this way. Let's no, I'm quick. thinking of Becky. Oh, okay. We're going that back. Okay. Let me see. I got I got Okay, one, probably two. Two, but two, do you count guys that like they've been in your heart your whole time and then you read last time you hung out they were like a little crazy and you were like, I can't really I don't know. Me. How does that affect how it feels in your heart? Would you go to their funeral? Well, that's not. Yeah. Would like, you go to their funeral? I I didn't. There's a lot of people's funerals I wouldn't go yeah, to. Yeah, but it's because we're 3,000 miles away. If you yeah. lived in Tampa, would you go to their funeral? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there you go. So no, but I don't know. This has become very complicated and convoluted. There's like maybe five people total for me. I got a few. I got a few. Uh, yeah, I have too many people. Yeah, you have a lot. You don't have, have too lot. many. No one said I there's start too many. start cutting people out of my heart. Oh, shut up. So the original question was, do I think that past relationships with women have anything to do with how you react with your daughter? Yes. 
And my answer is 100%. Because I want my daughters to be like the woman I fell in love with. Me. Yes. And they're not. Uh, I don't know if that's entirely true. There's parts true. of them that is, and that's what I love about them. Uh-huh. And then when they show me parts of themselves that I don't like, like the parts that maybe I exude, same reason I can't watch myself on- Hold on, hold on. What did you just say? I don't know. The parts you don't like in them are the parts that you exude. So you don't like parts of them that are like you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know. Why? I don't know. So if it's okay for you, it's not okay for them? No, it's not, no, it's not okay with me either. I don't like it in me. But you do it and you don't. No, I know. You go, I don't I like know it I'm doing either. this, but I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it either. I don't like myself. So then you so then that would lead one to believe that you are saying you project onto them. Because then Oh yeah, I'm definitely projecting on them. <laughs> so not healthy. Yeah. So maybe you're a little enmeshed with them. No, I'm not enmeshed. I barely see them. Enmeshment doesn't have anything to do with how much time you spend with them. It has to do with how you're wrapped up emotionally with them. I'm very wrapped up emotionally with them. Yeah, but some some tethers are healthy and some tethers are unhealthy. So you have to tease out which are healthy and which are unhealthy in every single relationship, not just with your children, but with every relationship. Sometimes you have wonderful ties and sometimes they're super unhealthy and codependent and passive aggressive and sticky and not to do with the present time and something to do with past experiences that you've put into this relationship yeah. does any of that apply no, i wasn't listening <laughs> you weren't listening no i tapped out and i started thinking about the new podcast studio why did you tap seriously no yeah, you're the know. one that brought this I know, up i know i know but it, it it's i think it's making me uncomfortable because i'm like because i i just i by the way i like the hat like this okay okay um <laughs> i am i'm doing I'm doing a bad job parenting. I need you to stop saying that because. <clears throat> I'm doing a bad job. This Let me be more specific. That'd be great. I'm doing a bad job allowing them to grow up. I would agree with that. I don't want them to. I agree with I that. I get really depressed when I think of, of them moving out of the house. When Isla said she was moving to Europe the other day. I was like, you came, you came, you I became, yeah. I came unraveled. Well, that I was like, you're not fucking going. Like, I, I, and then I just go, I'm that dad that goes, you're not fucking doing that. Your mom's not voting. Like, whatever the fuck. <laughs> like, I'm, I turn into this dad that I saw on fucking Quantum Leap one time, <laughs> where I'm like, who the fuck would like that person? And then I'm saying stuff like, you're not doing. It. I'll tell you what to do. Yeah, I'm the fucking dad. You, this is my job as a parent <laughs> to tell you what to do. It's all panic driven. Yeah, yeah, it's all panic and emotionally driven instead of having any kind of logic or. And by the way, our girls like and this. I say this kindly, but our our girls are like. I mean, I I, I probably shouldn't say this this way. It comes out wrong. Mm -hmm. But our girls are like nerds. They're not like bad kids. Oh no, they're great kids. They're like nerds. They're like like I was a lot cooler than they were. And I got into dirt a lot heavier than they did. Yeah, so did I. And, and I was ready. I was ready for all of it. Yeah. But I think one of the things I learned, and I'll use my losing my virginity as an example, is I thought I was ready to be a big boy. Yeah. And the second it happened, I was like, I am not ready for that shit. I'm not I'm, ready to be a big boy. <laughs> we just need to be. I think we just found a, a new T-shirt. Go to wifeotp.com. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm ready. not ready to be a big boy. I always want to be a little guy. <laughs> I do. And so 
I, I feel them saying, I'm ready to be a big kid. I'm ready to be a grown up. I'm getting a job. I'm fucking, uh, and I'm like. No, but don't you remember when you were in school where you fantasized and dreamed about what your adult life would be and how exciting that was? It was super exciting. No, I actually uh, never oh, fantasized I did. about adult life. I always thought about next year. Like well, I thought like it's going to be cool. Next year, George is looking for colleges. I know. So uh, that's not a crazy I like, thing. I was like, I, I can't wait to go to college. I can't wait to go to college. Exactly. Well, that's all they're doing. They're my looking fantasy, forward. My fantasy was uh, Jabo Beer one time. I think we were in, we were visiting up at University of Florida and we were staying at the SAE house, mm. I think. And Jabo Beer uh, had a girl in his bed and he got up to go to class. And when he came home, there was a girl in his bed. And I fantasized that one day I'd have a girl in my bed. Oh my god! Like I was like, I was like, oh my god! Can you imagine? Can you imagine having a whole girl to yourself? Now do you think back and go, what a lazy fucking broad she was? She just laid in the bed all day. Yeah, she what a fucking stoner! <laughs> you did not marry that girl. I would never. Yeah, I've, I've never woken up with a girl in my bed ever. I wake up with two dogs in my bed. Right. I definitely don't wake up with a girl in my bed. No, and you don't even sleep in my bed. I do sleep in your bed. I wake up with a girl I on my couch. I make it till like three o'clock in the morning, and then I'm like, I can't do it anymore, and then I move. I, I start there. I try to start there, but I think you're right. I think you're really struggling with allowing them to blossom and grow up and allowing them to make mistakes. And they're, the mistakes they're making, by the way, is far less than the mistakes I was making. Yeah, or let's you not were quantify that. I've always had it held issue with the fact that, that like, I remember the first time a mistake was made in our house and Isla's, Isla was like, hey, dad, don't worry. It's not as bad as what mom did. And I was like, yeah, that's not our, our, our no, bar. No, but... Like, mom was a single child that grew like a latchkey kid that grew up herself and had so, like you had to go through years of therapy to get to where you are today the kid that you were at their age was angry nasty ornery yes and dangerous you were yes. dangerous yes and so i, I go was. let's not let's not hold ourselves up to mom's mirror because mom's mirror was a little like like you guys have never had that hardship no but that's not exactly the point. The point is, in the grand scheme of 16-year-olds, even that we just know in our neighborhood today, yeah. our kids are doing pretty fucking good. Yes, yes, yes. I remember first time hearing about girl, kids, boys mostly, in George's class eating edibles. And they yeah. were in like fucking seventh grade. Yeah. And I remember going like, oh my God, where do you go from there? Yeah. Like, that's like my problem with pornography is that like kids these days are seeing shit that I've never done. The right. shit that people don't do. Right. That only these actors do because because we've seen so much now we're numb to shit. Right. And then now you're 14 years old and you've you've got porn on your phone? Yeah. I know. What it's scary. What the fuck is the first time they're going to have sex is like, "All right, I'm going to choke you." <laughs> and it's a mock rape and I'm going to come in your face. Oh and my you're like God. and the poor girls got to be like, "I guess that's my my fantasy." Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think our girls are doing uh, are are exactly where they're supposed to be. I think they're right on track. What they are? I was thinking of the time Isla was like, hey, "Have you seen this new anime?" And she pulled up porn anime. Do you remember that? Yes. In the car, and we were like, "What the fuck are you watching?" She goes, "I don't know. I just uh, typed anime." <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, they're pretty innocent to be raised in L.A. Isla's innocent. Isla's innocence is getting beat of at, beat out of her by other people sometimes. There's certain things where I see Isla 
take a grasp at who she is and I see other people say that's not who you should be and I see her hide who she is at times. Yes, I see that too, which is a bummer. But I think she just needs to be in school. Yeah. That's all that needs to happen for both our kids. For any hiccups we've had, they need to be in school with their peers. There's not enough peer activity because of COVID. They just, they, there's, there's just not enough. How about that? And that is, I mean, I know a lot of parents listen to your podcast. Yeah. A lot of moms specifically and a lot of dudes. A lot of dads. Like, a lot of dads who are like fucking good guys. Um, that is the fucking thing that's killing me is this this fucking COVID has has is fucking our kids up. Yeah. You know, it's really funny. I was helping Isla with an English um writing assignment today um she does a great job writing she has she has confidence issues right so she likes to kind of collaborate and make sure she's doing the right the assignment correctly Mm -hmm. so i was helping her today with that and this assignment she's reading a book called speak and it's about a high school student um that's in new york city and the the question that she had to answer were how are your high schools similar and how are they different and she said, I don't really know. I haven't really been to high school. I was like, valid point. You can't really talk about the social scene in high school. You haven't been to high school. Like you've been in high school. Breaks my heart. I, by the way, that breaks my heart. And that's where I. It was like, really hard to write. And I thought the teacher maybe didn't think about that when she sent the assignment. I'm sure this is the same lesson plan. Not that the teacher's lazy. The teacher's amazing. But I'm sure she didn't really think about that. Or maybe she did. And she wants to know what their perspective is having not. I mean, Isla has not set foot in her school. I look, I, I think, now I'm, I'm someone who, I, I don't know what, I don't know what's good or what's bad about me. I know that I, I'm not certain anymore. Like I know that there are things that I, qualities that I treasured in myself that now I know are not good qualities to have. Like what? Um, Like I'm very self-focused. Yes. I'm very self-focused in that. Well, it's not that it's not a good quality to have. You just have to add a little something extra to it. Yeah. Well, I, once again, I'm just saying I don't know if it's good or bad. Yeah. Um. I, I know for a fact that I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I just said I'm not sitting here for this quarantine. I just said that to myself. I was like, that's not going to happen. I'm not. And I, it wasn't that I wanted to break the rules. I was like, I'm going to find a workaround so that I can tour. I'm going to tour. This is what I do for a living. I can't not do stand up for fucking. I swear to God, and I think that my biggest fear was if I don't do stand up for what has it been? How many April, months? April, May, June, July, right August, now. September, October, seven I months. Have a sobriety counter on here. Seven months. It tells me exactly how long. It's been seven months. Day count? Is that it? Seven months. I'll tell you exactly. It's how been long. seven don't you months. Don't ever fucking talk it's to me like seven this. Seven months. Here, this is it. I am sober. It's been seven months. Now, yes. <laughs> He's stupid. Hey, stupid. It's been seven months and 26 days. Oh, almost eight. I swear to God, if I hadn't done stand-up in seven months, Mm. I would have quit. No, you wouldn't have. I I would not have had the balls to get back up on stage. I don't think that's true. I I am someone that needs to do something all the time or I will have a hard time getting back into it. I think that may be. think, Think about tennis. I played tennis every single morning of my life when I was, when we, when we were, when the girls were babies. Yeah. And then one day I stopped. And I don't play again for nine years. Right. I, I'm someone that if I you're re- momentum oriented. I'm momentum oriented. Uh-huh. I am run. I've run. I've run. I'll tell you exactly because I'm proud of it. I have run to date. I have run 
894 miles this year. That's amazing. Yeah, but you know what? Mm. The year before that, I ran 290. Okay. So like, and there's huge stretches where I didn't, I mean, the year I ran the marathon, I ran 513. Right. So like, I'm, I, I will have months where I just don't run at all. Right. And I think when you talk about health, I think those stretches are where you get unhealthy. Right. And not being able to rebound. Like I am obsessed with the fact that I'm, I'm not as, I, I have too much weight on me right now, mm-hmm. but like I need to lose weight just so I can get back down to the place where my body's healthy and I'm running at a quicker pace and I'm very momentum oriented. And I refused to not work during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. I refused it. I said, I, that is not. Well, that, that is definitely the way you work <laughs> because what happens with you with something you don't want to do is you just don't do it. And no matter what the person needs or wants or explains or asks, you'll go, yeah, 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 yeah. And it just won't happen. Because if you don't want to do it, you are not doing it, Isla Kreischer. It's so funny. I have a, I've been talking about this on stage. I have a rule. You know my rule. If you don't pay me and you don't fuck me, you don't get to tell me what to do. Uh, I fuck you and I still don't get to tell you what to do. <laughs> uh. So maybe, maybe I should start paying you. <laughs> that would be awesome let's think about that what that would look like what if i paid you and i said you got to keep your closet organized or you're not going to get paid how much you'd have to pay me (laughs) how about this i'm gonna pay you to keep this podcast studio presentable it would never happen because you don't want to do it you you would not accept money for those things so that's not actually true yeah let me rephrase that you can't pay me or fuck me to tell me what to do yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I remember one time. I remember one time. I know I've told you this, but I'm telling this to the podcast people. Croy called me up, and uh, for those of you who don't know, Croy was my buddy that lived in LA. We lived in LA together, and would come up with harebrained schemes on ways to make movies, or just he was like that perfect friend you need at the perfect time when you're not doing anything and you're trying to figure out who you are. <coughs> so he calls me up one time and he goes, "Hey, I got a great deal for us." I said, "Really." He said, "Yeah, it is. Um, it is five hundred bucks for the day, and we got to play video games all day." And I was like, "Are you shitting me?" He's like, "And technically, we can probably drink and smoke pot. I think, like, we can do it. But they're all we got to do is sit in a room and play video games, and that's it." And I was like, "What for?" And they're like, "It's like some convention, and they just want people playing video games." And they're they said they have beers there, and I'm pretty sure we can get high if you want. I was like. Oh, I'm fucking in. Now, mind you, I had just done the X show and I had a deal at CBS and a deal at at, uh, at Overbrook with Will Smith. So technically I had a lot of money mm-hmm. and and I didn't, and I wasn't working, but I was right. like 500 bucks, let's do it. And the guy calls me up, Corey goes, yeah, which starts at noon. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm in, I'm in. And we played a win. He's like, so five. I was like, are you fucking serious? It's like a hundred bucks an hour. I go, great. So guy called, he goes, I got your number. Yeah, calls me up and he goes, and his tone was off with me. I didn't like his tone. Mm. He was like, he was like, hi, is this Bert? I said, it is. And he goes, yeah, okay. I got your number from Crocs. And I went, uh-huh. And that, that's why you spelled Croy's yeah, name. Croy. I was already like, eh, easy. And he's like, so uh, so you're, you're you're here for tomorrow, right? And I said, great. And he said, all right, so we need you here at seven in the morning. And I went, well, seven? And he was like, yeah, seven. And I was like, well, I thought it started at noon. And he goes, it does. But I want you here at seven. And I was like, well, why? And he goes, why are you asking why? It's $500 for the day. I want you here at seven. And I said, well, is it, 
how much did you get there at noon? And he was like, excuse me? And I said, I, I don't want to get up at seven and get down there at seven. And then I, I go, I don't want to get down there at seven and then wait for four hours, like five hours. That seems a little excessive. He goes, hey man, it's the job. So like, if you want the job, it's great money. Show up at seven. And I went, I'm going to pass. And he went, excuse me? And I said, I'm going to pass. And he goes, what do, you, what do you mean pass? I'm calling you. I'm telling you what you're doing it. And you're coming. I said, oh, I'm not doing anything you tell me. I'm not doing it at all. I said, I don't need your money and I won't take your money. And I'm not showing up at seven and I hung up on him. And he called me back. The only other person, by the way, there's a very powerful feeling. I know that I'm saying this is a powerful feeling that not a lot of us get to share, get to have every now and then. There's a very powerful feeling in, in not giving a fuck. You have, it's, it's so hard to wrangle. When someone doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it's true. Doesn't you you have a, no leg. You have no leg to stand on. If there's a way, oh, put that as a chapter in my book. Learn how to not give a fuck. When you don't give a fuck, the only other experience I've had with this was um, the dude who used to run the comedy store. Mm -hmm. Tommy was his name. And he, Steve Byrne, Brett Ernst, Mike Young, so uh, uh, I met Ahmed, all had like vouched for me and said, Bert should start doing spots. We were walking into Cabrea. Do you remember this? I sort of. We were walking into Cabrea with my parents and I had called him and left a couple messages and he called me and I stayed out of side of Cabrea and you guys walked in and I said, hey man, how you doing? Um, I go, I'd, I've been referred by, you know, Steve and all them. I'd love to start working at the store. Please tell me what I need to do in order to to, you know, get past. And he went, well, you're gonna need to spend some time around the store, and and uh, and uh, and I'll see what jobs we have available. Maybe I can get you in parking cars. And I went, excuse me, mm -mm. Yeah, exactly. And I'm right. like, excuse me. And he goes, it's not that easy. This is the comedy store. Yeah, you're, you're gonna you're gonna have to work it. You're gonna have to work and earn it. And I was like. I, I thought I was just going to audition or something. And he was like, no, we'll get you up. But first you got to hang out. You got to show your face and, I, and I'll get you a job parking cars. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize. I said, I'm not, I, this is the wrong conversation. I, I didn't mean to waste your time. And I hung up and he called me back. He goes, who am I talking to? And I said, you're talking to a man that is never going to work at the comedy store. And he went, excuse me. I said, I'm never going to work. If I have my, if the prerequisite of working there is me getting a job parking cars, that's not going to happen. I said, I am a national touring headliner. I have a TV show on Travel Channel. I've been doing TV for 15 years, and I'm definitely not going to jump through your hoops to work your thing. And he goes, hold on, hold on. Like, and he was, and I did not care. I just hung up on him. And he called back again, and I just wouldn't take his call. And, I, and he was like, who the fuck tells me no? And I'm like, I do. I definitely do, because I don't need you. You are someone who's inconsequential in my life and I, I can walk past you and never see you again. And the more you can apply that to people, then you can get, hung, then well, you don't get hung up. Then you can get, hold on. Know. Then you don't get hung up online. You can walk hold on, hold by on. Stop, somebody. stop, 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 stop. Stop. Hear me out. By the, by the way, this is what I need, Lyle. I need someone to back me up. Who's here. Lyle? Who's Lyle? No, nobody. He's this guy that backs me up whenever I say stupid shit. And he just goes, hold on, let him Wait, talk. Wait, where is this person? He's a, he's just. Is he imaginary? No. Is he your imaginary your friend that jerk. goes, hold on, let him talk. First of all, he's got a British accent. Okay, I can't do a British accent, he's but. Like, all right, all right. 
Hear Who him out. is it? Hear him out. In what context and where? For Two Bears One Cave. He's we never had, done that at my house. On Two Bears One Cave, we have we have audio files for when I say something stupid, Nadavel and Tom thinks I'm an idiot. Nadavel hit Lyle, and Lyle go, hold on, hold on, let him talk. He's got a good point here, and he just backs me up. And sometimes you just need like a hype man to back you up. So in it is an imaginary friend. It's not imaginary. It's totally it's imaginary. It's a no, no, no. Friend. It's not a human. It's, it's not a human. It's Nadav's finger pushing a button. When he knows I need backup. It's an imaginary friend. Anyway, my, my point is, the more you don't give a fuck, <laughs> the easier life can be. Like, so I give well, a fuck. yeah, there's a book that was written called The Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh, see? Well, I, yeah, but when you say... The more you can walk by somebody yes, and, and not, not give a fuck. But that's not what you want to do. No, it's no. Not- I'm not saying that with like homeless people or people in need. I'm saying that with like fucking lunatics. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. Fucking lunatics. And by the way, that's the majority of people in the comment sections who just say the nastiest things sometimes. And that's you just not my and comment go, sections are awesome. Yeah, well, you're a different human being than I am. Like I, I'm out there a little more aggressively. And then some people, sometimes your face will, your existence will offend people mine like, no mine God damn it. Do I, does, does anyone else feel like they're in they're in like my relationship right now you know what i'm talking about i'm fucking with you why maybe they get really angry at the hat oh my god <laughs> maybe the hat angers people <laughs> so what are you gonna do or is there anything you want to do to to feel better when you get uh, triggered when you have these parenting issues where you think you're a terrible parent. Because yeah. can I tell you something? As your partner, you are not a terrible parent. You're an actually a really good dad. I'll tell you what. When I do parent well, I'm always shocked at it. I'm always, you're always like, shocked. I'm at shocked. It? It's it's you know what it feels like. It feels like it, this is a very specific feeling. It feels like I'll I'll try to bland it out. Feels like the first time you rode a bike and you didn't fall. And you're like, when am I going to fall on this? This is working, but I don't know why it's working or how I'm getting it to work. Right. Well, I will say this. (laughs) Sometimes for you, your process is. um, uh, I don't know how to put this. I don't want you to be upset by what I'm going to say. So allow me. No, just allow me. Allow me. And so you can hear. Because your process sometimes is destroy. Now let's let me put this together so we can all like come to some normal agreement. Does that make sense? How about like you are not fucking doing that and you don't get to make decisions because I'm the dad and I make the decisions and you're a child and you don't know what you're talking about. And then the longer you talk, you get into what you really feel that like the base of it, which is really healthy. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, I think you get so emotional and reactive to like, I'm losing her. She's growing up too fast. This is super upsetting that you, 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 uh, like lash or or like you get really nasty and then that goes away and what happens after the nasty is amazing does that make sense yeah yeah no no it does it does and i think the lashing is what you're talking about where the old girlfriend's behavior triggers some emotion and what's happening now and you get very like 
no, this is ending now. It's me, and this is the way it's going to go. I and just, it's my I opinion. just can't understand. I can't understand. There's so much I can't understand that I, I can't even share. Like, I never, I was never someone, yourself included, I've never been the person that walked out of a room. I used to have a joke about it, that it walked out of the room and someone followed me out of the room. But I have never. Wait, what does that mean? That's it. I'm out of here. And I walk out. And then you go, Bert, hold on and follow me out of the room. You just be like, I guess he's leaving. You're very literal about that. You're like, well, if he walked out of the room, he must want to leave the room. I'll let him leave the room. I'm not going to fucking Oh, stop did you him. want someone to follow you? Yes, that's the only reason you walk out of a room. No, that, the talk about gameplay. You last night said to me, I don't like gameplay. <laughs> that is the biggest gameplay ever that's is to go, gameplay. I'm fucking leaving. And I hope you follow me, but I'm leaving. And she better follow me, but I'm leaving. I hope she follows me. No, that's bullshit. That's a game right there. So then when you do that to me, then I go, all right, peace out, dude. Hold on. So we're, we're not playing this, that we're game. Putting on, we're putting this on. Hold on. We're putting this on. We're putting on. this on what? Are Instagram. we calling Leon? No, 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 Lyle? No. What's his name? Lyle, fuck. You're calling your imaginary your friend? Fucking, your... <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold is, on. is imaginary on the speed dial? Hey, guys, quick question. When you got into a fight in a relationship and you walked out of the room, did you want to be followed out of the room or did you want to be left alone? Please answer. Followed out of the room, left alone. Uh, left alone. If I ever leave, it's because I'm leaving. I don't ever, I don't really do that. You do that. I'm done with this conversation and leave. And then the next time I see you, we have another 30 minute conversation about the conversation you were done with. So you weren't done with it. Here we go. We're going to post it up and we're going to start getting feedback immediately hey, and i think most people are hold like on me. just hold because on. most people vote your way doesn't mean it's the healthy way hey, what are you trying to say about biden huh nothing keep going I'm trying to say about what biden i'm just no, a no 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 that that's not healthy to be like and Halston, Halston. i'm leaving but don't, I'm not doing it like a fucking drama queen you kind of do you kind of leaving you kind of do <laughs> oh but the hair flip <laughs> hair flip hair flip you kind of do do it that dramatic way. Yes. When you walk out of a room. In a fight. In a fight. Would you like to be followed? Yes, but I've never done it before. You know? Like, that's your MO, so you're, you expect to be followed, right? You expect to be followed. That, it's the expectation in the beginning, you know what I mean? So... I don't function like that. I'm I not, think I'm that's not going to do that because that's weird. I'm just going to keep talking. But I don't yeah. know. It's so I funny. Leave. I wrote a joke about it because one time I was, I was, at, I was at getting my hair cut, and uh, she said, "Do you want to see the back of your head?" And I was like, "Yeah, I guess." I never seen the back of my head. Like they, she spun me around and showed me, and I went, "That's why no one follows me out of a room." Oh, good grief! I have a fucking ugly but, um, back of my head. But um, but um, um, interesting to know that. Uh, yeah, I was shocked that I didn't follow you last night. That you didn't come out and check on me. Oh my god! <laughs> that see, the, to me, that is super gamey. If you need it's me, not gamey. Come, it is gamey. It is gamey. It's asking me to not listen to what you're telling me and to read your mind. You're saying I'm done. I'm leaving. But you should read into that something else, Leanne, and you should read my mind and know that I want something other than what I'm telling you. That is an expectation that no one will be able to fulfill. 
No one. I will I constantly okay. disappoint you. I shouldn't you. have told you any of this. No, but that's the truth. I, I was winning until now. You're not. It's not about winning or losing. It's about understanding each other. And my brain goes, if I need it, I say it. I need you to stay here and talk to me. When you've walked out of the room before, I've said to you, don't do that. That's not cool. Don't leave. Don't stay here and talk. It's what a okay, 1940s I, drama queen does do that. I, I am. I am not. I'm, I, look, I'm going back into therapy tomorrow. I know. I'm very oh, proud of Oh, by the way, you, you double booked me with therapy and Two Bears, One Cave. I don't book Two Bears, One Cave. And no. I put that on the calendar before there was anything on the calendar. Two Bears, One Cave is always on Wednesday at 10 p.m. So if somebody would just put it on the calendar, then I wouldn't have it's a conflict. It's on the calendar. It is now. But when I booked Dr. It was not. Okay. Because I Let's don't. Not, can you edit out the name of my therapist? Because I don't, I don't book conflicts. Yeah. So do I need to move Dr. He has Please the whole. Please stop saying his name. I'm sorry. Do I need to move your therapist? Because he has the whole day until 5 yes, p.m. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, sorry, I kept saying What's more expensive, therapy or tennis? Therapy. <sighs> Fuck me. Do you, how come, how, like, I, I wonder if people are like me where they go, fucking I'll save the money and get it get something nice uh you don't think people do that of it's, course they do really uh, i think therapy oh, you know do you mm. know hold on do you know that the reason we got ron into health insurance stacy technically i think did it mm-hmm. was he was we were talking and he was saying health insurance is too expensive i didn't know i don't know how much health insurance is right i've never paid i've never looked into it you're the one that takes care of all that right and we just heard how much he was spending on sneakers and we were like just get a couple less pairs of sneakers every month. Yeah. And, and get you, health insurance. Yeah. And he was like, nah. And then when we did our, our blood pressures, he was like, oh, maybe I should get health insurance. And we're like, yeah, definitely get health insurance. But it, it, sometimes it's like you, you think things are too expensive or you walk away from things. Early detection is something I love the sound of, but I hate the fucking process of. Yeah, why? I don't know. I love early detection. Bring it on. I'm happy to go to the doctor and have them say you're fine. There's nothing better. Yeah. And to say, hey, something's weird here. Let's check it out. Uh, bring it on. I want your brain so bad. Well, back to therapy. Okay. I think that people don't go to therapy. I think I don't people I don't think people understand the value added in their life. And they can't justify the expense of it because it seems very frivolous. But for some people, <laughs> not, not for everybody, but for some people, I think therapy is as invaluable as going to the dentist or getting your regular checkup with your doctor or refilling a medication for some people, uh-huh. not for everybody. Yeah, I think I think I can say when I started there, I don't know if I started therapy then. Did I start therapy when I got fired from Travel Channel? And No, honey, it was before that. Was it? I was in therapy during Travel Channel? Uh, do you, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I remember I, it was right I said, after you fell off the waterfall and we had the big fight in Yosemite cause I emasculated you by baiting a hook shut the fuck up. and then I, I put a worm on a hook and I had a two hour conversation. I had a two hour talking to, it wasn't a conversation cause it was one way. And I went, something is wrong with Bert. Something is really wrong and he needs to get some help. This is above my pay grade. And then we found out that you did need some help. You had some PTSD. Yeah, the fall, the fucking fall yeah. had fucked me it up. It wasn't just the fall. It was from the entire <laughs> experience of feeling like you're going to die every single day you go to work and not feeling protected by the people on your crew. 
for your safety. And doing that over and over again for six years caused you to have PTSD. You were diagnosed by your doctor. So when that um, big, we had a big, we went on a big group trip and that was a, a bunch of fishing and I baited a hook. I know the story. I don't, and Bert was um, explaining it to everybody. Well, I don't know. They but didn't need to you know. were at the house. I was at the lake. I was baiting a hook. You were watching me over the balcony and you just went, man, get up here right now. And I came in and you were like, how dare you bait a hook? How dare you bait a hook? That is so emasculating as if I can't bait a hook. And I'm thinking, hold on. You were like 50 yards away in a house. This is making and me uncomfortable. I was at, uh, I don't understand what's happening. And then the unraveling of that whole conversation where I went, there, several things happened before that incident for me to go, this is not Bert. Like, this is something is going on that's not, like, this is not Bert. Something's really odd. Who's going in our garage? It's one of our children. Either someone's stealing my bike. Or the shopping cart that's, that's in the garage. Georgia! Um. Anyway, they changed their mind. The garage is so full. They changed their mind. They shut the door. Who's, who robs, robs you and then shuts the door? Anyway. Well, it's got to be Isla looking for a soda. She has soda in her fridge. Oh, Georgia didn't know her phone. Well, we just got robbed. So anyway, at that moment, I realized that there was something bigger at play here mm -hmm. than, I mean, there's no way in any place on this planet you would have gotten mad at me for baiting a child's hook. It sounds ridiculous and now, I, yes. And I went, uh, um, it sounds ridiculous now? It was ridiculous then. <laughs> okay. It was, it's ridiculous. There's no way that it's emasculating for me to bait a hook when you're 50 yards away inside a house. Uh, so... That's when you got into therapy, and that was before your contract ended with Travel Channel. That was before you were still under contract. I believe I that may have season, been. I did a whole season of Birth to Conquer. I believe that's right. That's right. So you started then because I said, I said something's going on here, and you said I think you're right, and that's when I found your doctor. Yeah, that's when you started. <clears throat> That was some real shit. I mean, I, I don't want to take away from anybody who's in the military or anybody who's a victim of domestic violence or anything like that because those people suffer from PTSD as well. But, um... Uh, Speaking of PTSD, look at that fucking dog. Um, get the dog. So, um... But it's a very real thing because your feelings were so intense in those moments and they were so illogical. They just made no sense at all. And so if you think about, I mean, it, it, it didn't make any sense that you were that upset about me baiting a hook. That just didn't, that, that was really not based in reality. I was. <clears throat> and you think about how many people in this country have been to war who have seen horrible things and live with that every day and don't go to therapy. Like you can't get over it without therapy. You can't. Mm -mm. It's, you, you can't do it. It's something that needs assistance. And there's no shame in that, especially for someone who's given their life or not, not life as in has died, but it's has so given funny. their I, life up. I identify so much with so many of those guys in the military that had PTSD. And I am well aware that that I, whatever I've dealt with was so minuscule, so minuscule. 
you know i mean i i'm falling off a waterfall and having to get yourself out of a ravine does sound pretty big but it's not as bad as what those guys no do of course not at all it's and, not no but i but it's so funny i was listening I I identify with another thing that the military guys go through, which is survivor's remorse. Mm-hmm. Where I look at, I look at for me, it's it's with comics. Is that in that during that time, uh, like right after that, I I started going to the store and working at the store, and and I um, God, I was definitely going to doc to my doctor then. Yeah, I was definitely. It was just very complicated. You know, that time in your life was really complicated because they were asking you to jump off a building and just trust them. And, you know, that's that's not how you're wired. If you were wired to be like, fuck yeah, let's do it, pull the ripcord. That, that's not how you're wired. So as much as it's not like someone being in the military and really being like having bombs drop all around them or losing someone in front of your eyes for you it was very scary it was so scary it was very scary and it's so scary I, I remember i go back to um new zealand i was doing like a 500 is this when you got bit by the bat no that's fucking costa rica and by the way <laughs> you were just doing so good making me feel good about myself <laughs> We have to have a little levity. <laughs> I was bit by a fucking bat. On the ankle. On the ankle. Because it, it was a low ca- hover. It, it was, was a low the- hovering bat. <laughs> Shut up, Austin. It's like- <laughs> you start fucking laughing. <laughs> but you were already in PTSD when you got bit by the bat. Do you remember how many phone calls you sent to me about this bat bite? <laughs> and I kept going. It's not a bat. It was, I mean, bats are in the air. They don't live in the underbrush. <laughs> they live they up in. <laughs> you are such an idiot. You think bats only bite you on the neck like vampires? No, but hey, I grew up with bats all over Georgia. They swoop down. Hey, Siri, where's the most common place a bat bites you? On the nose. Just joking. Okay. I found this on the web. Probably your hand. I would say on the hand. It's on the calf. It is not. <laughs> what does it say? Here, first of all, let, let me. Does it you, say on the neck? <laughs> just looking at a bat, you can't tell if it has rabies. Rabies can only be confirmed. Yeah, in the no shit. Yeah. And here, I want you to know this, Leanne. Okay. Any bat that's active by day, or is found in a place where bats are not usually seen, like in your home or on your lawn, is rabid. Ah. A bat that is unable to fly and easily approachable is often sick. Awesome. And that's where I got bit on the fucking leg during the day. Was it in our front yard? No, it was on it was it was the bat was hanging out in a bush oh. in Costa Rica. It was hanging out. Did it have a recliner and like a cigar? <laughs> Just hanging out in a bush. Hey big boy, give me that calf. Is that what it did? But you need what you need. I got a thing for men's calves. <laughs> One man was bit while exiting his house at his residence. Calves are very... No. <laughs> You're totally making that up. <laughs> I, let me tell you something. The, 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 the reason the anxiety kicked in, the reason I, I'm so grateful that I don't have that job anymore. <laughs> I'm so, so grateful. Yeah. Um, I'm very grateful for the time I had a travel channel, but like 
I remember one time in New Zealand, <clears throat> I had to do a 595 foot free fall mm. and into a into a can- cavern into a canyon. Um, and it was a bungee jump. It was a it was a rope swing. Oh, okay. It was intense. I bet sounds scary. And it's just the idea that it happens at 10 a.m. and you've got to sit. And you wake up at five, and now you know you have five hours of waiting. Well, I would imagine at some point your brain starts going, the odds are starting to stack against me. I can't do all these death-defying things and not get hurt at some point. Yeah. So when is the day that I get hurt, and how badly am I hurt, and what happens to me? And it did happen. You fell off a 15-foot waterfall in the middle of nowhere and had to crawl out of a ravine so that they could take you on a board down the mountain. We had to come get you. So, and thank God. I just told that on Two Bears, One Cave. You only had tissue trauma. Thank God you didn't have any real injuries. It is a miracle that you didn't. It is a miracle. So, it is a miracle that you didn't get really hurt in that one accident. So, I can't imagine going to work every day going, is today the day? Like, I think your PTSD was fully justified. Yeah. Not to take away from military or anybody like that, but... PTSD is PTSD no matter how you get it, right? Women from uh, people who suffer from domestic violence often have PTSD. Children of those people who are children who are victims of domestic violence have PTSD. It comes from all different places. It comes from believing or it comes from experiencing intensity over and over again without any recovery. And that intensity is usually Is that where it comes from? Because I definitely yes, I, I was is. experiencing intensity. I remember one I remember trying to explain it to someone and they were like like what do you, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I had a day in Africa where I jumped off a stadium, swam with great white sharks, and then rappelled off Table Mountain within twenty four hours. Right, it's insane. And I was like, and they were like, I mean, I remember be, I remember at the end of that day, sitting on the edge of my bed, vibrating, going, yeah. should I jerk off or something? Like, how do I fucking <laughs> get this to stop? Right, it's because you were just so heightened. All your survival, probably your sense of survival was very heightened. It was insane. It was a lot to ask of any human being. My point is, my point is, and it was just to get to the therapy and why I th- believe therapy is good, is then all that ends. I, I remember uh, getting let go from Travel Channel. Mm-hmm. being So now I have all this like backed up PTSD. I have rejection by my peers. Getting fired fucking sucks, especially getting fired from a, a network you've been well, at. Well, you for, didn't get fired. You just didn't get renewed. Getting fired is go fuck yourself. Not getting renewed is I think we're going to do something different. It's well, I'll tell you, it smell. I'm sure it feels the same way. But when you say you got McDonald's fired, you're misrepresenting it. And McDonald's apple pie isn't technically an apple pie, right? Like an apple pie is circular. What? But the one that kind of, you sell at McDonald's, why? Why do you have a hard time say understanding my analogy? Sometimes McDonald's apple pie comes in a box, right? Yeah. You don't really call that apple pie. I call it a turnover. I'm going to fucking lose my shit. You're in a brand new little space. <laughs> Have you been doing this a lot? You've been doing your podcast too long. You've gotten too good at oh, it. Oh, shut that up. You're fucking slamming me. I feel you're, just, like I'm, you're just super easy. My point is, I feel like I'm doing morning radio. The My point is, well, I don't even know what the fuck I was saying now. <laughs> Your point is, even though you weren't, quote, fired, it felt the it same. It felt the same. It was a rejection. It felt the same. Yes. And then I was supposed to do the Funny or Die tour, the Oddball tour, and all those and dates all got, got pulled, yep. and all of that. And I remember being in therapy, just being like, 
I remember like sharing the most intimate things about failure and what that felt like. And, and I mean, just all of like, all of it was like, what if this is now my new normal? Mm -hmm. And then to go from that and to try to, and, and, and I think the thing about therapy is because you're working on yourself, you, you feel like you're picking yourself up by the bootstraps. Right. You yes. feel like you're doing the work to get yourself out of this. If you actually do the work. If you do the work. There's a difference between going to therapy and complaining and going to therapy and learning. So hey. I think that is a huge difference between just going and complaining and going with the intention of bettering yourself and figuring out what's going on. And it is a waste of money to go and complain. You can complain to the local guy at your bar, your mm -hmm. bartender, tip him 20 bucks and have a great day. But it, it, therapy is supposed to be a learning experience, in my opinion. Now, maybe... Maybe that's not true for every type of therapy, for every person, but I never approach therapy as, I'm just going to go let off some steam. Well, that's too expensive. So if you can wrap your head around why it's expensive, that person should be able to help you figure things out and manage yourself better so that you're happier, yeah. that you're happier and more fulfilled and healthier. That's the goal because, you know, when I first started therapy with my therapist, I said, I'm in love with this guy and I don't know how to do that. And that was you. I was like, I oh. am the product of six divorces. I don't have any kind of roadmap as to how you're supposed to be in a relationship. And I need somebody that's just for me because I don't have my mom. I can't really rely on my dad for relationship advice in this way. So I can rely on my dad for advice in lots of ways but not maybe in this lane. So at that time... Dad, hey, Daddy, what's going on with my car? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have lots of things I can ask my dad. But I was like, I need somebody who... I need somebody that's just for me. And then I also was in this relationship with a writing partner who was exactly... I felt was exactly like my mom. And I was like, why am I reinventing this relationship and help me figure that out? So I stopped doing it. And I'm in this new relationship with this guy I think is going to be serious and I need, I need some guidance. So I went in there with goals. And, you know, a lot of the times we ended up talking about my childhood and stuff because it has to do with what's going on in present time. So... My goal was always to have a healthy marriage with you and to not repeat bad relationships with women as friends. Those are my two goals. And I think I've achieved both of those goals. And I'm still in therapy with her because I feel like I can't call my mom and go, hey, here's what's going on with my kids. Help me out. Or this is what's going on with me as a middle-aged person. Help me out. And yeah. she does. She's invaluable to me. But in the beginning of our relationship, she was extremely invaluable because I just didn't know how to, I didn't know how to do shit. You're like, I found this guy and he's so out of my league. <laughs> That's exactly scare him away the way I've done everyone else? <laughs> I didn't scare anybody away. I always broke up with them. Uh, One boy broke up with me. One boy? One boy. Um. So yeah, no, I'm 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 excited for therapy because I know that I'm not handling things. I know that I know that I'm all of a sudden saying hurtful things in my head in moments where I go, "Don't talk," and then I'm like, what? "So wait, is that what normal people do? Just don't speak, and that's how they feel better about things, right? Like they just don't say them." And I'm like, "This isn't good." Right. Well. I think that's accurate sometimes, but I think sometimes you have to 
say the bad thing and then figure out how to say that in a way that's not well, bad. turns out I'm saying a lot of the bad things. Yeah, but that's not healthy. That's destructive, like what I was talking about. That's very destructive. Punitive. It's punitive. I'm punitive so, with myself. So you're like, I'm going to smack you around and then that makes me feel better. And then we can have a real conversation. So you have to figure out By the how way, to get it should rid be, of the It should be noted. Around. I'm not like going, I'm not saying horrible things to my daughters. I'm not saying like, you're whores, you're dumb whores. I'm saying... I'm no, not, I'm no, not, you're not you saying froze, like I was, I'm no, not saying no. stuff like that. <laughs> well, this one time. No, I know you're not saying it. I'm just saying stuff like I'm the dad and I said no with no explanation. Like I I just I don't understand those parents that are like, Well, if you want to get a tattoo, it's your body. I'm fucking what? No. No, it's not. No, it's not. But your response is the fuck you are. I'm dropping <laughs> out of school. No, you're not. No, you're not doing any of this shit. No, no, no. I think you're a great dad. And you know what makes you a great dad is that you think about these things and that you worry about them. And, you know, people make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Both our kids will be in therapy because of both of our parenting, I'm sure. But the thing about it is the thing, one of the things that works in our relationship is that you are very self-reflective and that you go, I thought about what you said and this is what I think about it. Whether it's, no matter what the end result of that conversation is, you're very self-reflective. I am very self-reflective. Yes. And as, and, and introspective after your emotion has calmed down. Your emotion is paramount, immediate most important must be validated when it's happening i wish they had a therapy for children where you could tell the therapist oh by the way here's what i want done in the therapy so convince them to do this this and this but make them feel like they came up with it (laughs) gee that sounds a lot like i'm leaving the room but i want you to follow me It sounds like manipulation. Yeah, yeah. I want to manipulate them. No, that's not. I want them to do what I want. Unhealthy in every relationship. Honesty is the only way to be. It's to be honest and transparent. I don't like honesty anymore. Yes, you do. (laughs) You totally. You're full of crap. So let's let's talk about. uh, let's talk about the cabin. I know you've talked about it a lot and you probably don't want to talk about it with me, but I wanted to ask you about um, how it made you feel. Are you, are you proud of it? I'm very proud of it. You should be. I'm very, very proud of it. I'm really proud of you. You did you a know, great job. I, I've, I, the thing that I have said consistently when I worked for travel channel was we would shoot stuff and it would be hilarious and we would have a great time doing it. And then I would see the edit and I would not like the edit. Mm-hmm. I would always be like, this is not as good as what we did. Yeah. It's never, it was never as good as what we did. And, and I think brand wise, the people at the network at the time, I think there was a lot of things, but I think number one, it wasn't beneficial to have, um, I don't think it was beneficial to make me a star. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, I don't think that was on their agenda. Right. I think to have a host be a conduit of ever, of other people's experience was how they saw the network taking off. And I think that if they highlighted, I think they, I think they probably ran into this with, with stars on their network. Is if they highlighted Bourdain or Adam Richman, then all of a sudden they became bigger than the network, and right. they could do whatever the fuck they wanted. Right. And, and it was so many times I was like, that was today was fucking amazing. It was so hilarious. You mean on Trip Flip or on Trip Flip? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and on and on Birth Conquer and on Scream if you know the answer and on all the shows I was on for them. And it never was represented that way. And I was always bummed because I was like, I just kind of got to the point where I go, I guess I'm not that funny. 
Like, I guess I'm not meant for television. I can steal paychecks from them and host things, but I'm not that talented. And I, I think that beat my self-esteem up to a place when, it, when, when I did start therapy and I was in Montreal right before we started Birth Conquer and I'd gotten um, fallen off that thing. I was really down on myself as a talent and I remember being angry at times that I wasn't as talented as other people because I I just wasn't. I mm-hmm. I was a I was a phony. I was a guy who was okay on podcasts and and I could do hours on on the road, but when it came to being like a talent, mm-hmm. like a um I won't say names, but like as as people that I actually didn't think were that talented. Mm-hmm. Like there were there was a couple people there that year that I was like, I'm so what? I'm so lost because I don't find that person to be funny. They're an industry darling, and 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 magazines are saying that they're the fun one of the top ten comics to watch, and and everyone's going to their shows, and they're hanging out with like the like all the big comics seem to want to want them around. Yeah, and I realized that has nothing to do with humor or comedy or talent. That has to do with the industry and heat. It just has to do with like being young and everyone, your name buzzes around. That's a ma- manager agent thing that they do to people. Right. That has nothing to do with talent. Right. And um, I didn't know that at the time. And I was just like, I was like, all my TV shows suck. Um, and my friends told me, that. I remember Burr and Rogan telling me that, like direct on my face. Your, your shows are not that good, buddy. But like, we love you. We think you're amazing. But for whatever reason, your shows suck. And I was like, that's real. My shows do suck. And then I was like, fuck man maybe i don't have it and i remember segura was the only one that was like in my corner going oh my god like you fucking crazy you're 10 times funnier than any of these guys but the thing that was being celebrated was this thing that i was didn't understand how to do and i didn't know how to do it and and i and i and and and, and i Wait, realized what, what was being celebrated that you didn't understand how to do um be like oh you're talking about the industry darling part yeah yeah, that yeah, you were, yeah. Okay. like i didn't know how to be an industry darling and i okay, was like that's it. never gonna happen for me right that will never happen for me uh, and but did you ever really want that? Oh yeah, of course. You oh, did. I, I think every comic wants to be celebrated. Now I realize it's a it's a it's a bad thing. Now I realize that what it is is it's a lot of times it's not. It definitely and this is a comics inside comic brain, but it is not often the most talented people. Right. It is people that um that uh fill fill a, a bucket. They got to fill like five buckets. Right. There's an editor deciding who makes that list. Not. There's no fucking judge of... Con- they're not going to fans or going out and really scouting talent. They're just going, we need this, we need that, we need that, we need this, we need this, we need that. And yeah. by the way, for the record, no bros. No white dudes. Get the fuck out of fucking big white dudes who drink beer and are loud as fucking parties. That's not ever making the list. And so... uh, That I was at a loss and even... And then when I started selling tickets and I was like, huh, this is curious. But it with television, that nut had never been cracked. And then for me, for right. me, and then when we did the cabin, we shot the first day. I remember Tom going, this is fucking hilarious. And I was like, I remember just being like, yeah, but it won't be. Because I, at the end of the day, they'll edit it where it's not. It's, they're going to make thought. it really horrible. Boy, That's that what, wasn't true, was it? Man, shout out to Jeff Tomzik. Right. Shout out to Ben Cavey. Shout out to all the people at Netflix, all the people at Rotten Science, all the Todd Garner. Shout out to, and shout out, massive shout out to my wife oh well, because you know babe. for a fact and I'm not to fucking show too much behind the curtains but i did not watch any of those edits i watched 
a couple. Well, you watched the ones that I told you to watch. Because I, oh, I watched let, let all of them. And you then watched I all the said, edits and you had all your notes. And you then need you to sent watch them to this. Me, That's right. And I looked at them after you looked at them because I could not. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want my heart to be broken and watch this show. And I remember laying in bed one day and you were watching Anthony Anderson and Dion Cole and Big J and you were crying laughing yep. in the living room. And I went, is it funny? Yeah. And you're like, honey, this is really it's funny. It's really funny. And yeah. then you watch Miss Pat and you're like, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. It was but really still, funny. Still, uh-huh. I had not watched these edits through. I would watch clips yep. to find out what you needed notes on or what you thought. Yeah, that's right. And But I had not watched the edits through. And when I watched them the other night with you, and then this is horrible to say that as the talent and executive producer of the show, I could not sit down and watch, and I watched a full edit with Tom Zick before we knew what the show was. I watched a full edit yeah. of Tom and Joey and Miss Pat, and we laughed hysterically at both. And we were like, but they were very, very different episodes. Right. And we were trying to figure what way to go with the episodes. And when I watched, um, when I watched him with, with you and Isla the other night, and I was laughing out loud. Yep. I was so proud that I had finally been a part of something that worked. And I was like, I told you I'm not a failure in my head. I was like, and then for people to like them, like for, for like people to like them and be like there, that was funny as shit. Right. It means so much. You just, you, you always want to make something that people like. That's it. And I just had never done that. Right. And I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. My first show, the X show was panned by fans. Like, I mean, fans did not like the show. When as soon as I came on it with Gary Valentine, they hated us. They hated us. And so, oh well, that's because there was a change of the guard. Yes, that's um, the way that happens, right? Hurt Bert, no one ever saw, and it was funny. Hurt Bert was funnier when I told you the story about it than watching it. Right. Like when I told, and then I was like, okay, I'm just I'm better at stand up, and 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 even specials. I remember when I did Comfortably Dumb. Mm-hmm. I remember Barry Katz coming into the green room, and he was like congrats on your first special and i was like oh thanks and he goes i just want you to know, let you know it's not going to change anything and i was like <laughs> okay and he goes no one's gonna see it so don't have your hopes up i'm your friend papa i'm not your manager just no one will see it it's gonna fall into obscurity but congratulations and I was like, okay and then he walked out and then i figured that is what happened with specials i figured specials just came and went no one saw them no one gave a fuck and every now and then someone got to catch magic in the bottle and that was kevin hart or but it wasn't even bill burr at the time it wasn't tom it wasn't anyone that you that specials just that you had to be famous first can you turn that off i don't it is off i'll just turn it over i don't know what's going on that is not my it's my ipad oh got it can you hear it alston um it's our children it's it's called Operation Boomer Drop. I think, <laughs> I think that started a chat thread because where are your parents right now? Almost. Where will they be on Friday on your tour bus? Yeah. So I think I, Georgia started a, a chat thread called Operation Boomer Drop. <laughs> we'll talk about that after you finish my, your thought. My, my point is, my point is, I didn't even think with specials anything could happen special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it goes back to this therapy and then and that point in my life. But when the machine story went viral and people liked it, I was shocked. Yeah, I was shocked. And so the, I'm very very proud of the cabin. I think. Um, Do you think your dad's proud of the cabin? I think he is now. Yeah, I think he is now. I yeah. think that he's very much like 
you don't, you know, one of those guys, you don't celebrate success. You just kind of like, hey, yeah, 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 whatever. Keep moving. You keep moving. And I think I'm that way a tad bit. Mm -hmm. I know I had a hard time celebrating the success of the cabin that first week when it started doing well. Yeah. And it was like number one script unscripted on Netflix. Yeah. I remember having a hard time trying to celebrate that. Right. And I remember going like, losers fucking sit in there and celebrate winners just that's keep working. not true because not if true you don't now. mark a success it doesn't really burn into your psyche that you had a success which then boosts your self-esteem right that's an intrinsic piece you've succeeded at something that you worked really hard at it's an intrinsic value piece that's important that you mark um you said it you my favorite saying you've ever said i don't even know if you remember saying it but i'll say it again um we were driving down um probably Witsit, I think, maybe. Or maybe we were driving down Little Canyon and Amy Schumer's um Amy Schumer's movie came out. Mm-hmm. Trainwreck. And you said, Good for her. You're like, she earned her Monday. And I went, What? She goes, She's earned her Monday. Think I gotta turn that off. It's making me fucking Okay. You said she earned her Monday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Huh? And you're like think of that you're like all that work she put into that movie all that writing all that acting all that work all the shooting all the editing she puts it out on friday and it does great on the weekend well she doesn't have to do shit on monday she's earned that monday to relax and celebrate in that victory And you're like it's very important to earn your monday and celebrate in that victory you just kept saying she earned her monday the way you talk <laughs> and i love that saying i loved it and i told you i think i told you this when i did my special when i did um uh secret time yeah i when i I bombed that first show Mm -hmm. i refused to bomb on that second show because i wanted to earn my sunday right because that was saturday night and sunday we were gonna hang out with nana and all my cousins yes i said i want to earn my sunday right and i earned my sunday with that second show and i got to enjoy my sunday right all the work had been done and i didn't have to do anything i didn't have to reply to one email one phone call i earned that sunday and when that when the when the when 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 uh the cabin dropped and on tuesday and was trending number six into the weekend and it was one of the bigger things happening um i i did not we did not have shows that monday i was on the road when that all that happened and we Mm -hmm. didn't have shows that monday and i gave myself that monday i didn't earn i didn't say i gave myself that monday yeah where i said i'm gonna enjoy myself right and i'm gonna celebrate the success of this and i'm going to enjoy it and then i was i think i started getting sick oh getting a cold yeah and so and then and then and then oddly enough the way netflix works is if something does do well you then have to start doing press for it because you can't do press until it's on the platform for everyone knowing and so then once it does well then all of a sudden all the work comes in and now i've been busting my ass promoting it doing shows and trying to come up with ways to promote it um to, so that people get more eyes on it but i'm very very proud of it i'm very proud of it and i'm very i'm very proud of the people i had on it because yeah. the people i had on it are the funniest people i know like yeah. they're, they're, they are the people that make me laugh the hardest that you don't have to queue up i mean the the best the best in the business in my opinion well, I thought it was really great who you had on it, too, because they are people that you've known for a very long time. Uh, they're long, lifelong friends. 
Um, I've known Donnell 21 years. Exactly. I've uh, known Miss Pat probably 10. Yep. I've known Tommy for about 18 years. I've known Joey for about 10, 15, no, 11 years maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, uh, Dion Cole I've known for, I've known Dion for probably 15 years, 16 years. Right. Big J I've known. I mean, I've, there are people I absolutely adore and I, and I, and I, I'm very proud of the way they performed in it because they, you know, for, for those of you that are wondering how it worked is there wasn't a lot on paper for them to, to know what to do. They just had to trust you. They just had to trust me and then trust that the things we were doing were going to be fun and, and, and not shut down and be a part of it. Nikki Glazer, they, I mean, they were just, Nikki Glazer showed up and was like, so who am I doing this with? And I said, Caitlyn Jenner's on her way. And she went, are you fucking kidding me? And I went, is that bad? And she goes, Bert, that is really bad. And I said, why? And she goes, oh my God, oh my God. I go, I thought you did the roast with her. And she's like, I did. And then the next day I went on Stern and told all the jokes the network wouldn't let me tell. Oh. And I was like, really? And she's like, and they were horrible, Bert. And I was like, oh fuck. And she was like, and it, but Nikki trusted that I wasn't going to throw her under the bus and that right. wasn't my intention. Right. And then we had a great time. Yeah, you did. it seemed like they had a great time. In yeah. particular, it seemed like the two of them got along really great. It was really fun to watch. I I'm so it. proud of the work you put into it. You, well, and you did not, and, and I have to say this, is you did not get the credit you deserved Aww, because, no. of, because of locking picture at a weird, weird time and COVID and all the weird things that went on. But um, but you should have gotten an executive producer credit on that because wow. you put you put in uh, more work than I mean not more work than I did, but no. as much in the I editing didn't put process more work as than I did. anybody. I didn't know uh, than me than me in the editing process. You did all the heavy lifting for me. You did all you you read all the notes. You went through all the cuts. You would hand it to me and go here's what i think here's what you what they're saying tell me what you think you did all that you were that liaison for that and you deserve so much more credit than than i than i think you got on the show but then that people should know oh thanks babe that's really sweet everyone does you know i was really very like uh i don't know i was really very brash when it first came out and it started doing good and i was like feeling myself and maybe i i think at a certain point it took me getting reminded just how hard everyone else worked on this. A lot because of I worked very did. hard on this yes. project. Yes. But so many people worked so very hard on it. Yeah. That you t- sometimes forget that I actually pay this compliment to Netflix is Netflix is so hands off with talent, meaning yeah. they let you do what you want to do, mm-hmm. but they're also very, inve- very vested in talent and very, very vested in projects and they do put their thumbprints on it. It's just, they don't step over your thumbprint. Right. They do it in, in a way that like literally no network has ever done it. Right. And that's why they're so successful. Well, they trust in the process. It sounds like they trust in, they trust and the they, process and, and, and they, they trust comics because the thing about comics to me, living with a comic and knowing so many comics is that their specific point of view in life is supposed to be celebrated and and invited, right? And I think so many people and platforms and whatever have made comics in some or some comics feel like they can't just be themselves or be honest or yeah. just put oh, it out. A lot there. of the majority so, of platforms are like, "Hey, we're gonna like fix you. <laughs> you need to be in this lane." And Netflix and has never done no, that. Exactly, they've and, never done that with no. any of my specials. But then you sometimes you you know. 
I'll, I'll, this is a bad analogy. Correct me if this is off. Okay. This is what it's like working with Netflix. Okay. Imagine getting an amazing personal trainer who picks out all the things you need to eat, all the things, goes into your fridge, gets rid of all the bullshit, cleans it up, and then gives you a great workout program and then works you out for an hour the way the way you do with Drop Squad. Drop Squad. And then, and then what happens is you look fucking amazing. Yeah. And everyone's like, God damn it, you look great. And a lot of times us comics go, yeah, well, I did a lot of hard work and you forget to acknowledge Oh, I forget. I do have a personal trainer. I forget that I have a network that's been fucking badass, thrown a ton of money at the project I wanted to make, focused, had meetings when I wasn't around and said, hold on, we love what he's doing. Let's shift it this way a titch. Yeah. And and we don't need to change it. Let's just focus maybe. Right. And so. What they did in post on that was incredible. Amazing. They, yes, they, they edited that story together beautifully because you guys kind of approached it very renegade and very let's just shoot this shit and see what we come up with we have a general idea but no like backbone story no no this must happen every show i don't think right no it was it was very very so, but very in post, free. you got to come up with that and it worked it was really great yeah i'm very 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 proud of it you i'm should glad be very proud. if it, if we just do one season i'm super proud of it and i'm cool with like going that was the thing I did. I hope everyone liked it. Right. It, you know, for whatever reasons, and I'm certain that it's there's so many reasons on why they would you would do a second season of things mm-hmm. that are beyond what I inside like other than people liking it. I'm yeah, sure right. there's other reasons. But um, if we just did one season, I'd be very proud. And if we did another season, I'd be very willing to do that too. It was that it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a great January. It was great, and yes, it was a great January. It was fun. I like doing that stuff in post. I like watching and giving notes. I really enjoy doing that on your stand-up specials, too. I think I'm good at it. I really, really like doing oh, it. Look, if we're going to celebrate my wife for a second, <laughs> I could. if you liked Hey Big Boy or Secret Time, because we, we didn't edit the machine at all. No. That was just, that was just, that not, was just Not done. really, no. But man- your insights on those specials. Because I, I get to a place where I go, I can't watch this shit, man. I can't watch this. We edited it. We edited the machine. Yes, we, we did, did edit the machine. Right. We did it here. We did, yes. We, we did. did it here. Um, we didn't physically edit it. No, You're we didn't physically edit it. giving notes. Yeah, we gave notes on, we the, gave on, on the notes yeah. on the machine. Did not give notes on Comfortably Dumb. That's right. We didn't give notes on Comfortably Dumb. We did the other three. But Hey Big Boy and Secret Time were so your... Your your eye for for editing those things and go and I'm when I say editing, going into the editor's bay and saying, all right, show me all four shows that same joke. Show me this one. I remember on Hey Big Boy, the whatever whiskey cock lock dog part was in there. You were like, hold on, it, it seems like it's dragging. Let me see the fourth show or the or the first show. Show you the first show. Let me see the second show because you had a good show on the second show. We saw the second show and you're like, wait, what's the time difference in that? You remember this? And he was like, it's like two minutes. And you're like. Wait, why? And you and it's just like because I'm stammering and being artistic in the right, late show, right? Because I'm having fun, and on the early show, I'm just like, like getting Blow, to the point. It, yeah, and you're like, oh my god, give me that edit. The pacing, yeah. I'm. I think I'm. I think I'm. My teacher at UCLA said I'm excellent at pacing in my writing. So I think pacing is something that I do well in watching your edits. Is the pace slows down? That's when people turn the channel. 
You can't you can't let the pacing slow down unless the pacing feeds the story, right? If the pacing feeds the story and you slow down and you don't drop out of it because the pacing has reduced, then it's right. But if you if I if there's ever a point in time where I go, let me check my and then the pacing's off. So that's how I do all your one minute clips for Instagram until Andrew started working. I looked at all of them. Oh, you. you did everything. I, I was did. always like too slow pacing, pacing. That's when I, when we said we started doing clips with Andrew, and I was like, let give it to Leanne, let her give you notes. She's fucking sorry. It's, well, no, no, it's the <laughs> thing. It's the thing that we've had fights about at time. Is if you want if you want to feel good about yourself, ask someone else. If you want the truth, ask Leanne. But I'm not mean though. No, I, but you're you're like uh, I'm just honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't mean to be mean. If you I don't, you're not mean. You're just honest. brutally fucking honest. I'm just honest. Brutally Operation Boomer Drop. So let's talk about Operation Boomer Drop. So Ron and the tour bus is driving to Tampa to pick up your parents and drive them here. Mm-hmm. What do you think that trip's going to be like? Your mother gets terribly motion sick. Uh, I don't know. I think that first day is going to be. Hang on one second. It's cruising. Operation um, Boomer Drop. So Ron is picking up my parents, and Ron is driving them across country. We've picked some good places for them to stop where they've got good hotels. Yep. And uh, and and I think I think they're going to love it. Yeah. Until they get to about Orlando. <laughs> And then they're going to be like, holy shit, what the fuck did we just sign up for? For one hour? If they're smart. If they're, and then, by the way, I told Ron, I was like, you tell them how we're get, you're getting I told them. your parents that, too. I go, you know this better. Ron has uh, did has comes up with plans because he's been doing this for his fucking whole adult life. He goes, yeah. he knows me. And he goes, go on stage. Uh, I'll be here at three in the morning. And we're always like, three in the morning? He's like, trust me. You're going to be fine. Right. And what he knows is that I will stop drinking around 2, 1, 132, and I'm going to get in my bunk and pass out. Right. And, and when I drives. wake up, we're there. Right. And why wouldn't you want to be there when you wake up yeah, and totally. sleep through the driving? And on the days we've had to drive during the day, I lose my fucking noodle. Because you're trapped. Because I'm trapped and I get anxiety. Yeah. And you, if you got a shit, you can't. Yeah. You might as well just. So I said, listen to Ron. Let Ron go. Hey, why don't you guys hop on the bus? I'll have it at your house. Pack it, right? Yeah. Spend time packing it. Hop on the bus. Have your dinner. Have a few drinks. So let me TV. ask you this. He's dropping the bus off on Thursday, but they're not leaving till Friday. Do you think your dad is going to invite his neighbors over to check out the bus or anything like that? Come on. <laughs> what do you think? I wouldn't be shocked if my dad had a party on the bus with all his friends. <laughs> I mean, other than the fact that they're in their seventies and they're very COVID conscious, and that's the reason the bus is picking them up, um, I wouldn't be shocked if he showed it because I think he's going to be impressed with the bus. I mean, the bus is an impressive looking bus. Yeah, it's a pretty nice bus. It's a nice bus, and it's very clean thanks to my wife and my daughter. Yeah, tell me about it. But um, Isla Kreischer put some elbow grease into that. It was disgusting. Just disgusting. Disgusting. Eight men living on a bus. It was awful. And yeah. someone was supposed to clean it. And I got home on Sunday and it had not been cleaned. And the person that was supposed to clean it was not coming. And I was like, I cannot put my in-laws in this bus. I cannot, I cannot ethically. You did something we've never done. You opened up the windows. No, I we didn't. Never, we, 
Annie did that. Oh, yeah, Annie did Your that. Your sister did that. I've never opened the windows up that But your box. sister offered to clean it, but I was told that someone was coming to clean it. So I was like, well, if we're paying somebody to clean it. Hey, listen, Ron's it, got a lot of complicated relationships in his life. I didn't say who booked it. You did. <laughs> I was leaving Ron's name out of it, but you threw Ron's name in it. But the person who was, Ron wasn't supposed to clean Ron it, wasn't but whoever to he had it, set yeah, up yeah, to clean yeah, it yeah, yeah. was a no-show. So Isla and I had to clean that bus, and I don't know what happened in that refrigerator, but it was a murder scene. It looked like someone shook up barbecue sauce inside the refrigerator there was something green underneath the drawer that i actually couldn't get off i had to like put a puddle of water on it and let it sit there for about 20 minutes before it would i don't even know what it was it looked like vomit my mom and dad said they want they want to be awake so they can see the country and i was like and both ron and i at the exact same time said You've never driven through Texas. I said that to them. When yeah. they said that to me, I went, oh, there's nothing to see in Texas. You just want to sleep right through Texas. And she, they, I don't think they got, this last time I called your parents, I said, you know, I think it's best to just let Ron do his route because this is not a vacation trip. This is a get you to LA trip. So yeah. let's do that the most efficiently and the best and, and I, way and I, and for and, Ron. And Ron's like, I'll drive him in the day, but we're going to be stuck in traffic. Exactly. And he's like, I'm telling you. And I told them, I was like, Ron drives at night. He rolls calls. He fucking, he sits up, listens to fucking hip hop, loud as shit, yeah. which I love them. And I mean, they'll be fine. They'll be it. asleep. But they're going to be asleep. I go, just be asleep. Be yeah. asleep for the ride. Yeah. You're going to be fine. They're going to love it. Dad's going to love that fucking bunk. You think so? Oh, my, I mean... You think he'll bring his weighted blanket? He'll <laughs> be in the bunk with his weighted blanket. He's going to have a hard time getting out of that goddamn thing and being like, <laughs> like I just don't want to get, I can't wait till Ron sees my dad in his tidy whiteies. I know, right? While getting up. Well, hey, Ron. <laughs> I wish. Where are we? I wish you'd put a GoPro on it and just record it. <gasps> why the whole didn't thing? we put a GoPro on it? And just, why don't we put a ring cam on there? Well, Ooh, let's have brilliant. Ron. Let's have Ron install a ring cam. Yeah. So we can watch them throughout the, oh, I don't want to watch them. Well, there's no Wi Fi there. Yeah, there is. No, the Wi-Fi had run out of minutes or something. Had no minutes. They had to pay for minutes on the Wi-Fi. And okay. You well, don't let's have let's the get that all squared away for them. Anyway. But it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. And then they're going to be out here for roughly about six months. I don't think they're not. Uh, probably seven months. if we shut down this country. Again. Not true. And they're going to be living with us. Not not us. We don't have room for them. My sister. Uh, not, 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 I mean, not that I would mind having your Here's parents. The question. But we don't have, we have three bedrooms and we ha- they're occupied Can you, you want to know who's something really funny yeah so and i'm saying this to the listeners mike is my um brother-in-law mm-hmm. mike is very uh mike is very he's a lot like me in a lot of ways but he's very much like like fuck yeah let's go to let's go to peru yeah like let's like just and then my sister will be like well i don't want to go to peru and he's like you don't have to go stay here i'll go with my brother and he'll just go to peru with his brother yeah and Cotty will be like okay yeah but Cotty's cool because she doesn't like traveling but that's mike right very yeah. like Fucking see the world. Fucking yeah. do it. So we're the bus is getting ready to leave, and they're over here helping me load it and uh, and with stuff for my parents. And Mike goes, God, I wish I could fucking go. I go, you should go, Mike. And he goes, What do you mean? I said, Just go. He goes, well, Am I allowed to? And I said, you, Ron doesn't give a shit. Drive with Ron, cross country, stay on the bus, and then drive back with my parents. And he goes, I'm going. I'm fucking going. Oh my god. And he goes, Cody, can I go? And she was like. Uh, yeah i guess and then annie just goes no <laughs> you have a newborn you're staying home with your child and he's uh, like i guess i can't go 
He was going to get in the bus and go with mom and dad. How funny. If I had not been living in that bus this summer, yeah. I would have done it. I would have gone across country and driven with them across country. Oh, we should have done it with the girls. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about it, that as a possibility. We could have, I mean, they could remotely learn from the bus. I would have loved to do that with you and the girls. That would have been fun. I didn't even think about that. Why didn't you bring that up? Should we fly there, quarantine, and then I guess surprise, we're no, road tripping no, with what you. What we can do is we can take the bus. That would have been awesome if we'd road trip with your parents back. That would have been awesome. I would have loved that. That would have you know been really fun. Hilarious that would have been. That would have been hilarious. It would have been entertaining for them too. Yeah, we could have fit everyone. We could, totally. Well, shit. Well, we can always ride back with them. Oh, you mean when they go home? Just go home. We'll we'll ride. But they're not riding that home. They're taking. If if, if they if you never know. I mean, if you want to go with the girls, I'll tell you what. I'd throw you and the girls in there, drive across country, and make a little road trip on the right way back. Oh, I, I wish we'd thought of it because we totally could have done it. I didn't God. even think about it. Well, that'll be Damn our it. next reality show, everybody. Shit. TBS, if you're interested. No, we're not doing Christ a reality show to, with Christ our family. Is, I'm, not, I'm definitely not now. Our so that America can see me, me, see me a fucking parent. Yeah, right. Let's go have a cocktail. Okay, we're going to go, go. Yeah, we're going to go have a hey, cocktail. Hey, um, I want to say thank you to everyone and thank you to my wife. Everyone. I want to say thank you to everyone who watched Cabin. Oh, and then okay. I want to thank my wife for making it as good as she put her energy into it. I did, and all the stuff I should have done, all the notes I gave, uh, my wife really killed it. Well, thanks, babe. <laughs> thanks for talking to me today. I want to also say, mm. Halston, I miss you. It's Aww. great being in the room with you again, buddy. You're the best. You are invaluable. You're my favorite fucking team member we got. I love you, buddy. Thank you. Holy shit. Thank you so much. I, I know. I, I miss seeing you. you. I miss seeing you too, Halston. This is nice, isn't it? I love it. I love it. I so badly am like, Let's get back to this. Well, new podcast studio coming. December. I think you'll be ready December. In December, we're going to be up and running. Yep. I, and think I can't so. wait. I can't, can't wait. It's mm-hmm. going to be a blast. We're going to fucking put some money in some COVID tests. I think we're going to test everyone that comes in to do a podcast. I, I, think, I don't know that you have to do that. I think if I was, you take everybody's temperature, you're doing pretty good. I think I think I was wondering if we, t- if we put a partition the way they do it when you shoot a scene with a lion, uh-huh. like put a glass partition where you can't see it. Wait, people, they do that? What? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't. You thought they really had a lion in there with Zach Galifianakis? Bullshit, dude. <laughs> that was a tiger. That was a tiger. Um, well, thank you for having me on your podcast, babe. Thanks, babe. I love you. I love you more than you love me. Well, could you say that while you're looking at me instead of your phone? <laughs> Someone's going to send me some size, size eight hats. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I love you. I love you more than you love me. Probably. I need you more than you need me. That is the damn truth. <laughs> I love you, babe. Okay.